0: Amen and amen, we'll all, listen, I'm really excited to bring this word to you tonight, um, the title of my message is My High Tower, My High Tower, can we say that together? Before we get into it, Ron, my little cheat, scre- my cheat screen isn't working up here, can you fix it for me? This, this little guy up here? Yeah, it's not working, I can't see anything, that's going to be a problem, not for y'all, but for me. <laughs> <laughs> But No, I, I've been, while well, he's fixing it, I've been reading um, through the book of Psalms. Has anybody read the book of Psalms before? Awesome, I got it, Ron, thank you. Um, the book of Psalms, right? Psalms are amazing, and, and if you're not careful, the Psalms will kind of mess you up, because you see a lot, of, a lot of David, but there's some other people there as well, but you see a lot of David's most vulnerable, real, raw moments. Has anybody had those kind of moments with the Lord, right? They're just not published for millions of people to read, but we all have those real raw moments where we're, we're asking the Lord to do something. We're petitioning the, the Lord about something going on, and, and as I was reading these things, I, something stuck out to me, and I wanted to just take a, a moment tonight and just talk about my high tower Um, You know, the Lord in the book of Psalms, even throughout the Bible, is referred to as the high tower, the the safety place, the, the place of refuge, right? And this idea that the Lord is here to protect you and to protect me. And so I want to start off tonight looking at Psalms chapter 18. If you have your Bible, we're going to jump around the Psalms a lot. Um, so maybe you just want to write these down. You can kind of take these and, and, and uh, look at them later, or you can turn there. I would recommend you turn there and just, you know, try to highlight them. But Psalms chapter 18, verses 1 through 2, this was such an incredible uh, a few verses here. It says, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust my shield and the horn of my salvation my stronghold i should have just went ahead and just highlighted the whole thing in red but as you can see, I just I picked all those amazing words out there. But this is David, right? He's pouring out his heart. He's saying, this is who God is. He's my rock. He's my fortress. He's my deliverer. He's my strength. He's, he's my shield, right? Has anybody experienced God this way before? Has, has anybody experienced God protecting and providing and covering and caring for and, and being this place of refuge and safety for us? Man, this is one of the most incredible attributes of who God is, and I'm excited to get into it tonight. But um, here's the idea. If you're taking notes, write this down. This is really simple, but I want us to uh, wrap our minds around this. The idea is this. The Lord will keep me. Come on, can we say that together? The Lord will keep me. And that's a really simple idea. It's an easy thought. You know, it's it's, it's not that complex. But the truth is, is that when life happens to us, difficulties happen, challenges come, what do we immediately do is we move from this idea of the Lord is our keeper to I'm my keeper and I'm going to figure it out and I have to get the answer and I have to make things work because if I don't understand what the solution is, I'm going to be unsettled. I'm not going to be able to sleep because it's hard for me to trust. You know, I had one of these moments just a few nights ago. It was actually Saturday night, Sunday morning. I was up all night. I could not sleep. Has anybody had those like restless nights? You don't even know why. Like I was just up all night. I couldn't even figure it out. But I was, I, I was fearful, really. And I'm not the fearful type. I don't really get scared or anything like that. My wife, you know, uh, Pastor Emily, I love her so much. She has, she struggled in the past with the spirit of fear. And, and I, I'm, I don't, Mean to make fun of it? I'm not making fun of it, but the, but the problem is is that we we can't really watch any movies because everything makes her afraid. So I've have lived off of like romantic comedies our entire <laughs> our entire marriage. I haven't seen any even like any action or suspense. She just gets really fearful, right? So I like I barely get to watch Marvel movies. It's it's you know just pray for me. Um, but it's one of those things. But but my wife my wife kind of gets fearful. I don't really get fearful. But um, this last Saturday I was up all night. I couldn't sleep. I was up all night. And then even coming to church, I was driving to church here, and I was just I felt it. I felt the spirit of fear on me, and I was just like, oh my goodness. And in those moments of life, right, it's easy for us to try to grab hold of the control, grab hold of the reins, and say, okay, I got to figure this out. I got to figure out why I'm scared. I got to make these situations work. And it's hard to get your mind wrapped around this truth, that I don't have to be afraid, because the Lord is my keeper. He's the one who sustains me, he's the one who keeps me, he's the one who protects me, provides for me. He is my high tower, but it's difficult to get there when life is pressuring you. So let's pray, and I wanna talk about four different characteristics of the Lord this evening. Holy Spirit, we thank you so much for your word. God, we tremble at your word tonight. We thank you that your word is on display for us, so that we can hope and trust not in our own abilities, but in our high tower, the one who guards our life, our deliverer, our provider, our protector. Holy Spirit, right now I pray according to your word in Ephesians 1.17 that you would bring the spirit of wisdom and revelation into this room. Let us see you and know you, God. I declare right now, Holy Spirit, that as we talk about the protector and the provider that all fear in this room would leave in the name of Jesus. I declare those who are being tormented by the spirit of fear that the enemy is trying to control you with anxiety and worry, I declare freedom over you tonight and I declare that he will be your high tower. Holy Spirit, would you bless our time together? In your name I pray. Everyone said? Amen. 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 So we're going to talk about four different kind of characteristics of the Lord. We're going to look at them in the book of Psalms and then kind of talk about some other things. But here's the first thing that I I want to note is this, is that God is a deliverer. Anybody experience the deliverer? Come on, he is a deliverer, right? This is what Psalms chapter 34, verse seven says. And this is the scripture verse that came to my heart over this weekend as I was being a, a little bit fearful. You know, I, I shared this verse with, verse with my wife and I walked downstairs and she had written it on our, on our little uh, whiteboard downstairs in our kitchen. And, and this is kind of our, our, our statement verse that our family's believing in. But it says this, the angel of the Lord encamps, everybody say encamps encamps all around those who fear him come on that's some good news right that's awesome but the verse isn't done it goes on to say this and delivers them so so this is the idea here if you fear the lord does anybody fear the lord you fear the lord today guess what you know what that means is that you have angels that are camped out all around you. They're all around your house. They're all around your car. They're all around your family, your kids, your grandkids. You have the angels of the Lord who are encamped around your life, and they are there to deliver you. Come on. That's so good, right? That's so good that that God sends this army of angels to protect and to deliver those who fear him. You know, this encouraged me so much because oftentimes, like I said, the spirit of fear will come on you, and, and to be honest, this is, there's, this is a miracle that my house is not burnt down to the ground right now. This is crazy. Listen, I go downstairs, right? We were having troubles with our water heater, and I go downstairs, and I'm looking at it, and I flip open the bottom little panel, and I look at it, and Pastor Clarence, it was like an electrical fire in there. It was crazy. The whole thing was fried. There was smoke everywhere. Like, the wires were melted. Uh, The first thing I did when I saw it, and I was like, thank you, Jesus. My house is still standing, right? There's no reason our house shouldn't have burned down. This was was incredible. This was an incredible thing. I, I had the plumber come over, and he was even like, I've never seen anything this bad before. This is crazy. And so the only thing that I could say in that moment was, Thank you, all of you angels that are surrounding my house, right? Because that should have burned down, right? That should, have, that should have been a lot worse. But how many know that I had angels camped out protecting and watching over even things that I was unaware of? And this is the beauty of the Lord, that for those who fear him, he commissions angels to go and guard you, to protect you, to deliver you from all of the evil. There's this, there's this scripture verse in 2 Kings I want to show you. It's really cool. One of my favorites here, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. 2 Kings chapter 6. It's the story of Elisha and the, and the Syrian army was attacking and invading Israel. And what happened was Elisha was a prophet and so he would tell the king of Israel, hey, just to let you know, the Syrians are going to be here so don't go over here. And the Syrian commander was so upset because he thought he had a spy in his council. He thought somebody was telling on him. But nope, it was the Lord that was telling on him, right? And so what happened is some of the people in his army said, no, 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 there's no spy here. But the problem is there's this man of God who knows what we're doing because God's talking to him. And so the king of Syria says, you know what? Okay, we're going to go find Elisha. You might know the story, but the Bible says this, that this army surrounds Elisha's house, right? And we pick it up and he says this to his servant. He says, so he answered, do not fear For those who are with us, everyone say with us, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. The Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. What an incredible story that is, right? Where the enemy comes and surrounds Elisha, but they didn't even realize that God's army was surrounding them. And this is the encouragement that I want to share with you tonight, that he is your deliverer. He is the one who is going to come and fight for you. But but this this is what we have to understand. This isn't a promise that nothing bad is ever going to happen to you. Because we saw this, the armies assembled. They surrounded Elijah's house. Even, even in the case of those three Hebrew boys, right, in, the, in, in Babylon, that they got thrown into the furnace. They were in the midst of the flames, right? Sometimes things happen like that, but God is a deliverer. He is in the midst with them in the furnace. He is surrounding the army that's surrounding you. And you and I, we don't have to be afraid, even in the face of the enemy, because God is surrounding our enemies. <laughs> Come on, how amazing is that? I heard this story of, of a man, of I believe his name is John Hagee. Some of you might have known this guy or heard this story, but I heard this incredible story that, that a man came into to John Hagee's church and he had a, he had a, a revolver and he, went to sh- he was trying to shoot him. He was trying to kill him. And from about eight feet away, he unloads all six of these rounds at John Hagee and every single one of them missed from eight feet. Now, I'm no marksman. But eight feet away, I can hit something. You give me six, six tries, right? But, but, but what happened here? John Hagee, the, the story goes that he didn't even move. He didn't duck. He didn't run. He just stood there because he understood something, that the Lord was his deliverer. Yeah. That he didn't have to run in the face of danger. He didn't have to run in the face of his enemies because, because there was angels that no one else in that room could see that were diverting every single one of those bullets and delivering him. Come on, God is your deliverer here. And, and fear might come and try to intimidate you and say, hey, there's no way out, there's no hope, you're going to die like this, you're going you're, you're gonna to lose everything, all these bad things are going to happen. But you can say in the face of fear, no, he's delivering me. He's my deliverer. I don't have to be afraid because I have angels all around me and they're ready and waiting to deliver me. Amen? Come on, isn't that awesome? Here's the second thing that God is. God is. Amen. Amen. God is your defender. Everybody say defender. He is your defender. Look at this in Psalms chapter 94, verse 22. The word of God says this, but the Lord has been my defense. He is your defender and my God, the rock of my refuge. You know, oftentimes I feel the need because I don't like, well, let me say it this way. Is there anybody else in the house that are like people pleasers? right? It's okay. You know, it's okay if you're like, you just can't, you can't stand if somebody's mad at you. Is that you? Like, I don't want anybody to be mad at me. I hate when people are mad at me. It just like drives me crazy. Like there's a lot, if, if there's like a misunderstanding, I'm like, no, 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 let me explain myself because I need you to understand what I'm trying to say. I don't want you to be upset about me, upset, upset at me. And, and I feel like a lot, of, a lot of times in our life, we can get so caught up in defending who we are, that we forget this reality, that you don't have to defend who you are. God is your defender. And people might badmouth you. They might talk about you. They might talk down and spread rumors and lies. And, and you might be overwhelmed thinking, oh, my goodness, I, ha- I have to clear this up. I have, to, I have to clear my name. My reputation is at stake. I've had this business or, or this or that or all of these different scenarios. And at the end of the day, you are not your own defender. God is is your defender. There's a story in Numbers chapter 12. I think we talked about it a little bit last week, but this story goes that Aaron and, and Miriam they speak badly about Moses. Remember this story? They 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 start saying, Man, they start saying, Man, I, I feel like we could lead just as well as Moses could. Why aren't we in charge? Moses isn't anything special. And they start bad-mouthing. Moses. And and in Numbers chapter 12, verse 6, this is from the voice of God, right? So God comes down and he's talking to all three of them. And he says this, hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream, not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face, even plainly, and not in dark sayings. And he sees the form of the Lord. Watch this. This is the Lord coming. Moses didn't open his mouth. He didn't say one word. He didn't lift a finger. The Lord came on behalf of Moses and said this, why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Oh my goodness. Moses didn't have to say anything. He didn't have to do Anything. He didn't have to say one word. He didn't have to post anything on on Facebook. He didn't have to defend himself. He didn't have to he didn't have to come and say, No, 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 that's not true. Don't talk about me like that. I didn't do this. I was here. I wasn't there. Nope. He didn't have to say a word. The Lord opened up his mouth and he came to Moses' defense. And what I want to tell you tonight is that you don't have to worry about what he said and what she said. You don't have to try to clear your own name or or fight your own battles. The truth is this, he is your defender. He will take care of all of the different things surrounding you. It doesn't matter what people say about you. The Lord will have the final word. He is there to make sure that just just like what he told them, why were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Man, I believe that the Lord is declaring that over us. Those of you who are in difficult situations, you know, I had a conversation not too long ago about um, some individuals that are just struggling with their, at their job. People are bad-mouthing them, talking bad about them, doing all this stuff. And this is my encouragement if you're going through a situation like that. You just fear the Lord. Honor the Lord. Worry about your relationship with God and he's going to worry about other people talking bad about you. He's gonna come to your defense. He's gonna clear your name. You don't have to fight those things. All you have to say is he is going to be my defender because listen, I can defend myself and we can get into a little scuffle and an argument and that might be better for you than the almighty God defending me because if God comes on my behalf, you're in trouble, (laughs) right? You don't, you might want to be corrected by Dominic. You don't want to be corrected by God. So you can keep running your mouth. I'm going to stay silent and let God correct you, right? He is your defender. Here's the next thing God is, is in our life. He is our advocate. Everyone say advocate. advocate. He is our advocate. In Psalms 35, verse 1, this is what the word of God says. It says, plead my cause, O Lord, with those who strive with me. Watch this. This is so cool. Fight against those Who fight against me? How cool is that? Fight against those who fight against me. You know, a couple weeks ago, I got a letter in the mail from the IRS. Dun dun dun. Anybody get some IRS junk mail? Right? Oh, it's the worst. Try to take my money for like the last three or four years now. the 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 worst the, the worst thing about the IRS is when they bring up stuff from like two or three years ago. Does that happen to anybody? I'm like, bro, it took you three years to figure this out. This shouldn't even count anymore, right? So I got a letter in the mail about some, something about my tax return in 2020. And I'm like, it is 2023, you are out of time. I'm sorry, it's too late. That was three years ago. If you, if you it took you three years to figure that out, you should be in another line of work. That's not okay, right? And so, and so I'm trying to deal with this, this tax thing and I'm, I'm, I'm calling my tax people and, and one of the conversations I had um, the guy was like, yeah, you just need to do X, Y, and Z. You got to do this, this, and this, and just send in these letters. He was like, you're, you're right. They're wrong. Just, just mail this stuff. You'll be fine. And I was like, okay, can, can you do this for me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to do this. Can you do this? And, and basically, he was like, no, I can't do this. You have to do it. It was kind of annoying. But what he did say is he said, you can go to X, Y, and Z place. They are tax advocates. Have you ever heard tax advocates before? Right? I've never heard this term before. So they said, that, well, they're tax advocates. And what they'll do is they will fight on your behalf against the IRS. And I, I felt the Holy Spirit right there. I was like, let's go. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Let's do it, right? I need to get a hold of some tax advocates, right, to take care of this issue. But but here's the beautiful thing, is that even more than a tax advocate, Jesus is your advocate. Because the Bible says this, that the devil, he is the accuser of the brethren. Did you know that? That the devil is here to remind God of all of the different ways that you've messed up. The devil exists to tell on you oh my goodness, man, I, I cannot stand when my kids come and tell on each other. It's the worst, right? All the parents out there, you know that. I'm like, if you're not bleeding or injured, just don't talk to me, okay? Just figure it out. If it's not, if it's not a dire situation, just go in the room and, and shut the door, right? But the idea is this, that the enemy comes before the Lord to tattletale about you. And he's telling, you, telling the Lord about all of the bad things you did, all the dumb things that you did, and he's, he's, he's creating a list of all the reasons why you shouldn't be blessed, all the reasons why you shouldn't have salvation, all the reasons why you shouldn't be in relationship with the Lord. But this is what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, it says, therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives To make intercession for them. Did you know that Jesus is ever making intercession for you? What does that mean? He is advocating on your behalf, He is fighting for you. The enemy comes against you and says, This is why you should blah, blah, blah. And Jesus says, nope, I'm interceding right now in this moment for them. I'm advocating for this son, for this daughter. My blood covers them. My sacrifice is enough for this scenario. And the truth is it doesn't matter what the enemy brings against you because his blood is greater than all of it. And what you have to understand tonight is that you have an advocate in Jesus. You have somebody that isn't just, going to, isn't just going to pull you out of sticky situations, but he is going to fight the battles that come your way. He is going to advocate for you. And when the enemy tries to come into your life and tries to tear you down, tries to do all of the, the crazy things that the enemy does, we have somebody who is constantly praying for us, constantly standing in the gap for you and for me, not giving up on you constantly saying no no no. this is who they are they're not this they might have messed up but this is who they are man i'm reminded of the story of job remember that story where the bible says the devil comes into the presence of god and and literally does this he starts telling god all about job he says he only serves you because because you've blessed him if you take all this stuff away from job man he's he's going to curse you god and, and this is the idea that they had this conversation and God advocated for Job. He said, no, 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 this is my man, Job. This, this is who he is. And I, I believe this, that God is declaring that over you right now sometimes it's difficult for us to hear it, it's difficult for us to understand it, but man, when the enemy comes late at night, because I know he likes to come at night for some reason, when he comes late at night and he starts whispering in your ear and saying, you're a failure, you're this, you're not good enough, oh, you messed up, you blew it, you're going to hell, God's mad at you, all of those stupid lies that the enemy likes to bring, you need to tune your, your ears into the voice of God and hear him declaring who you really are over you. No, you are loved. You're cherished. I died for you. You're forgiven. You're, you're whole. You're saved. Right. This is, this is what Jesus does. He's he constantly, constantly speaking over us life. Constantly declaring who you are. But it's up to us who we're going to listen to. Who are you going to lend your ear to? The enemy or your advocate? We have to listen to our advocate, Jesus. Here's the last thing that, that Jesus is. He is our Refuge. Everyone say refuge. refuge. He is our refuge. Psalms 91. Many of you know it well, I'm sure. Verses one through two. It says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of of the Almighty. What a place to, to abide, right? Come on, if there's one place that I can live, it might not be Hawaii, it might not be any, it would be in the shadow of the Almighty God. If that, if that was a location, I would be there, right? I want to be there. I will say of the Lord, He is my, come on, say it, refuge and my fortress, my God in Him I will trust. See, God is our refuge. That word refuge, one of the definitions is this, a safe place. God is your safe place. You know, I remember years and years ago, we were swimming at my mom's house, and and my mom, or no, this was at my grandparents' house. This is a long time ago. Wow. Um, My grandparents used to live on the lake, and we had this big youth group party over there, and we were, you know, we were swimming, we were having fun, and, and there was this one girl that, you know, Lake Erie can get kind of rough. Has anybody swam in the lake when it's kind of intense? It's super fun, but super dangerous. Don't do it, okay? But we were, we were doing it, but don't do it. Kids, don't do it. But we were swimming, and the waves were, were really high. They were rolling. It was crazy out there, and all of a sudden, we were looking around, and we noticed that there was this one girl. She, was, she wasn't with us. She was missing, and we look in the water, and she is basically drowning. She's struggling, in, in the water. And so we jump in, me and a couple other people, and we help, we help her out of the water. You know, it was like one of those very scary life or death situations. And so we finally get her out, and, and um, it was difficult because th- it was like a pier. It wasn't a beach, so you couldn't just walk out. Like it was, it was a dock, so you had to jump in, and it was like pr- pretty deep right there. So we finally get her out, and, and I remember the feeling when we finally all got out of the water. It was like, oh, thank you for this dry land, (laughs) right? Like you just like wanna kiss the ground because you just finally found a safe place. And the truth is, is that many of us have found ourselves in life in those scenarios where we feel like we're drowning, we feel like we're going under, we feel like life is just crushing us, that the waves are coming over our head, that we can't even catch a a breath, everything seems to be going wrong. But the truth is, is that God is your safe place. He is that place where you can come in under the shadow of the Most High God, and you can come into this place of refuge and safety and peace in him. This is who our God is. And and I know a lot of times the, the temptation is to try to swim harder. The temptation is try to just keep swimming. Just keep swimming, right? You heard the Nemo thing? That's not the answer is to just keep swimming. You just keep swimming, you're going to keep drowning, (laughs) because you're not strong enough to swim. You're not strong enough to make it by yourself. You're not strong enough to figure these things out. If you were, you would be a high tower, but you're not. You need a high tower. You need a place of refuge, because you can't do it. I can't do it. And so the idea when life gets overwhelming, when it's difficult, when we feel like we're all hope is lost. What we have to do is come up under the shadow of him. We need to come into our refuge. What does that mean? What does that look like? That looks like coming to the Lord and finding rest and peace in his presence. And, it, and it's, it's tricky because what that means that we have to do is we have to trust in his ability to deliver and provide and protect for us. That means we have to stop swimming stop trying to figure it out and rest in him i remember when i jumped in this water i had to grab this girl me and a couple other guys grabbed this girl and we brought her up onto where the ladder was it was extremely difficult to grab her when she was flailing and flying all over the place like has any i mean has anybody rescued anyone before i don't know maybe somebody in here okay Nobody, no, no lifeguards in here. Well, anyways, it's really difficult to rescue people when they're freaking out. It's really hard. I remember I was saying to her, J- just chill, I got you. <laughs> Relax, stop kicking me in the face, please. I, have, I got you, you're not going to die. But th- this, is, this is our posture, right? When, when the Lord comes and he's ready to, to be our refuge, to be our high tower, we're kicking him in the face and we're like, no, nah, I got to make it, I got to make it. It's like, no, 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 Chill. Like, once you chill, he can save you. Once you stop, once you pause, once you take a deep breath and say, okay, God, I'm trusting you. I'm going to stop here. I'm trusting you. You got me? You have me? You have me? I'm done. Okay. Okay, you got me. (laughs) But he can't grab you until you stop. You can't be brought into that refuge until you stop. Until you stop trying to do it in your own strength, in your own wisdom, in your own ability, and you say, God, you got to do it all I need to do is be in your presence. You've got to take care of all the pieces. There's this incredible story here in, in 1 Samuel I want to share with you. 1 Samuel chapter 22, it's a story of David running away from Saul, right? Saul was, was out to kill David, and it says this, so David left Gath and took refuge in the cave of Adullam. He took refuge in this cave. And Adullam, a part of the word Adullam literally means to lock up. And this cave that, that was Adullam, it was this southern, I think it was this southern area of Judah, um, but basically it was a kind of like in this cliff face. And, and David took refuge in this giant rock that literally locked, it, it means to lock up. And when David's brothers and his father's um, whole family heard. They went down and joined him there. But, but here's what the Lord was saying to me when I read this um, the other day. It was that this, is that the Lord will lock you up in this safe place. Like, like David was secure, locked up. No one could get to him in this cave of Adullam. And when you and I take refuge in God, you are locked up in his presence, That the enemy, the attack of the enemy, the lies of the enemy, they can't reach you. They can't get you there. God has secured you in him. It's where you and I are. You're locked up in him. You know, there's another story in the Bible where where Moses is asking asking to see God's face. Saying, God, I just want to see you. I want to see your glory. I want to know you. And the Bible says that God takes Moses and he hides him in the cleft of the rock. And then he passes by him. And Moses sees the backside of God. And it's this incredible moment in in the Bible. But there's a significance in hiding in this cave and in the rock. There's a significance of being tucked away in in what may seem like the cave of Adullam that's kind of not that great and kind of stinky and a little damp and like just gross. There's significance there because Jesus is our rock. He is our rock. Refuge. And this is, in the Old Testament, this was the picture of Moses and David being hid in Christ. And this is one of the things we, we talked about uh, not too long ago in the book of Ephesians, of being found in him, in Christ. And, and here's, here's the word for you tonight, church. Be found in Jesus. You have to be found in Christ. In Christ is your safe place. He is your refuge, being tucked away in him. What does that mean? Again, that means not in your own strength, not in your own wisdom, not in your own power, not in your own resources, but in him, in Christ. So as we close tonight, here's, I want to go back to Psalms chapter 18. It says this, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. This is my prayer for us tonight, is that we would find him to be our protector, our high tower, our refuge, our advocator, the one who defends us, because Far too often, church, this is, what this is what I see for many individuals, maybe even in this room, we are, our lives are led out of fear. And if some of us might not want to admit it, and that's okay, but the truth is, is that oftentimes we're led not by our faith, but we're led by our fear. We make decisions out of fear. We make, we make plans out of fear. And we have to really come into the full understanding of trusting in the Lord. We have a lot of really cool toys that allow us to trust in ourselves. Like the, those little ring doorbells, right? Anybody have a ring doorbell? We can, we can see what's going on at our house without even being home. We've got all the features, we've got all the protection, we've got, we've got all of the, these cool things. You know, when I open my basement door, my little alarm goes off, it goes bing, bing, and I know exactly when doors open and close, and, and we feel really safe and secure up in our little suburban houses, right? And we feel great, but the truth is, is that we can't rely on man to protect us. We have to understand that this stuff is, is nonsense, that he is the one that watches over us. That he is the one who sends his angels to surround us and encamp around us to deliver us. That he is our safe place. He's our defender. He's the one one that comes and advocates for us. He is our refuge. It's all God. The fact that we have a next breath is all because of God. The fact that we woke up this morning is all because of him. You know, we were headed home from the gym today, me and, my, me and my wife. No, me and my sister last night. We were coming home from the gym late at night, and we passed this, this wreck. And, and, I mean, it, was, it looked really bad. Just the car was sideways. It looked like a T-bone. Just boom. It was, it was messed up. And I was, as I was driving, I was thinking, like, how many times, Lord, have you protected me from something like that? Without me even knowing, like I would, I, there's no way of you and I even counting all of the, of the times that he just, he made that person turn when, when that person would have hit us. Or, or he, he orchestrated some other scenario to make sure that we were safe and protected. Now as I was driving by that, that wreck, I was just thankful. I was like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I, 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 you know, obviously I'm praying for them that they're okay, but, but I thank you, God, that that I have angels that are surrounding my, my car, my house. Thank you that my house didn't burn down. You know, it's like, how, how many times have you protected me without knowing? But we think it's our, our own security, our false sense of, you know, it's silly. Stand with me tonight as we, as we close in prayer. Holy Spirit, we thank you so much for who you are. God, we thank you that you are our deliverer. We thank you, Jesus, that even, even, see, I, I hear the Holy Spirit saying this right now. He delivers you out of situations that you've gotten yourself into. I hear the Holy Spirit saying that. As some of you in this room have gotten yourselves in terrible situations. <laughs> and you're almost even afraid to pray about it because you know that it was your fault. But the Lord says he will deliver you out of that situation. Even the one you cooked up yourself, he will pull you out of it. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you that you are a defender. In the face of the enemy, the lies, the rumors, we thank you, God, that we don't have to lift a finger. Just like Moses You'll come to our defense. You'll fight our battles for us, God. We thank you that you are the great advocator. Jesus, every moment of every day, you're in heaven making intercession for us. You're praying for us, Jesus. As the enemy comes to accuse, as the enemy comes to lie and and manipulate, God, you're coming and, and speaking life. You're speaking health and healing and wholeness and peace and joy. You're advocating for us, God. And finally, Lord, you are our refuge. There is no safer place on earth than to be in the shadow of the almighty God. Holy Spirit, would you teach us how to abide tonight? Would you teach us how to stop and and pause and stop trying to figure things out in our own strength and and will? Would you teach us how to simply abide in you, to rest in your presence, God, and to trust that you will make everything okay? Holy Spirit, right now, I just rebuke every ounce of fear in the room. I thank you, God, that, that your people tonight we'll be able to have a good night's sleep because fear and anxiety are gone in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, for your angels that are encamped all around us, that as we all get in our vehicles to drive home, God, that your angels are already preparing the roads for us. We thank you, Father God, that you're already orchestrating and moving pieces behind the scenes so that we would live the life that you've designed and wouldn't fall victim to any attack from the enemy. We thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done for us, even the things that we don't even know about. We're grateful for them. We love you tonight, Holy Spirit. In your name I pray. Come on, everybody said. amen, amen. So here's what we want, I wanna do as we wrap up tonight. We're gonna to have some pastors and leaders to come up here. I'm gonna ask them to come up, altar ministers. And if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus or maybe you've never really giving your life to him, or maybe you've walked away from him, whatever the case is, you know, before we leave here, I want you to be sure that you just don't know about Jesus, but you know him. You know the person of Jesus. That you're pursuing him every single day. That every morning when you wake up, the goal is to find Jesus. And if you're here tonight, and maybe you're going through a difficulty, you're, you're kind of struggling, maybe you need just some advice, some prayer, some counsel. You know, I got a text message today that said, pray for me. My my uh, um, it wasn't their coworkers. Their my clients are driving me crazy. I'm like I get that. I understand that. I'm, I'm praying, right? But but even even if you're just like, hey, I'm, I'm going through it. I need some prayer. You know, we we believe that we're here not just to gather, have church, hear good messages, worship, and leave. But we're here to live a life together. We're here to pray with one another. We're here to believe with one another. You know, that's why I I really hope that everybody here makes it to the life group on Friday. Because those are are significant moments that shouldn't be passed up. You can't just come in here, sit down, and leave. You have to be connected with people. It's what's going to make your Christianity work. I don't know why God designed it that way. That's what he did. He made it so that we need each other. (laughs) We need each other to continue to grow. So remember to live right, love everyone, pray hard. Come to the front if you need prayer. If not, I'll see you guys Friday. If not Friday, I'll see you Sunday. Love you all very much. Have a good week.